0: We, the citizens of the City of Billings, for the purpose of establishing a just form of fundamental law, one that is responsible to the public for providing equal and adequate services and protections, with efficient use of the community's revenue for all, one that provides for self-governing powers with respect to health, safety, and welfare of every citizen, and one that utilizes the utmost flexibility to plan for the future, do establish this charter. For the city of Billings, of the state of Montana, the Friday packet was stocky and stout. Woo!
1: This is cool.
2: Yeah. I like this. Thank he you. made this. I feel special right now. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, if you want a PBR. I will. <laughs> There's an order. Got <laughs> doers uh, Yeah I know. I know. No, I
3: no. It works. It's no. underrated. It's serviceable. I almost got Lauders. But that much Lauders is thirteen and that much doers is like twenty one when it's on sale at buttholes and shorts. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did That's you read Dry? It. Austin Burroughs? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh,
2: he's got like five chapters on It's about like a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And so much about doers. is when I started
3: drinking it, which is sort of <laughs> ironic, I think. <laughs> that, you <know>. it's <coughs> yeah. <laughs> I... It's no Cuddy Sark, but it's, it's doable. <laughs> it's, it is no Cuddy Sark. What is, really? <laughs> Not even Cuddy Sark is Cuddy Sark a lot of the time. Oh, that's so meta. Mm-hmm.
2: I know. So, a Russian beer with American words on it that is now a Japanese. What is going on? Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Welcome to
2: the future.
3: The future. Trump's America. Trump's America. Oh, this fuck.
2: <laughs> Come on, Tuesday. <laughs> Come on, Tuesday. Let's mm-hmm. hope. Well, it's not. You know what happened last time we did? Well, doesn't that sort of angering, like, our own base? Like, our... our game plan is like, will you just please go vote because you'll vote the way that mm-hmm. you should vote? God, I guess. But they don't. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> they don't still want to. don't. Commercials are dumb. <coughs> play Fortnite while I vote? Hell no. The fuck you can't. It's on your cell phone. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I did vote between load screens on Fortnite this year, but I voted abs- absentee, so it's easier. All right. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: That's yeah. fair enough.
3: Fair enough. Uh, mm. Well, that was delightful Wendy's. You're that welcome. Was delightful. Wendy's. That was the, you goodness. know, I
0: haven't had Wendy's since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> for me. For you. Anyways. <laughs> A long time for me. <laughs> oh, man. Used to hit it up in high school pretty hard. So yeah. It's yeah. Real Most hard. Time. Most dates. Dates? No, oh. it lunch, dude. Mm-hmm. Dates. Nah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Get off. Just peel out of the parking lot as fast as you can and... Drive recklessly to Wendy's and yeah. spend about two bucks on food. The nearest mm-hmm.
3: Wendy's was, what, 30, no, 30 minutes away from Yeah, speaking
0: high of high school,
3: yeah,
2: little bighorn trip. Mm-hmm.
3: We have with us today mm. a guy who went to the same high school as I did really? for a little while. My goodness.
2: Yeah. One of the best years of my life.
3: <laughs> One of them. It's right up I'm down. not exaggerating. Really? It's
2: fucking fantastic, yes.
3: Wow. That's, that's uh, Jeremy Ingebretson. Wow. High praise. <laughs> yeah. This is... Arms up. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) come on. Yeah. He owns owns, uh, and is head chef of Lilac, which is uh, Mm -hmm. the best restaurant in Texas and Billings. Texas and Billings, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. Checks out. Best one around. Got to give give
2: George some credit these days for being chef.
3: George, okay. George uh,
2: does the food like 90% of it and kills it. He does. He's damn good. He's actually making food now. I was like, mm, "That's that's probably better than I could than I could do right now." And that's <laughs> fucking fantastic.
3: Nice. That's good, and that takes a big man to say too. Are you mostly focused well on like Petroleum Club now?
0: No, I,
2: no.
1: Yeah, I'm you just mostly focused on um, delegated that out sort of deal
0: with extra with an extra
2: restaurant. It's it's a lot more time of um, what's the word
3: like administration? Yeah,
2: you know stuff that's that's still important and. The whole idea of the Petroleum Club was like you know, David Chang has this idea to where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right? If you're if you stay in one spot and you cook on the line every night, then you get all this flack for no growth and not mm. not allowing your people to grow. And then if you go and do other things that take that takes you off of the line, it takes you out of cooking. People are like oh, chef's not here, chef's not here. Sell out, but then your people get to grow, and that is literally happening in front of our eyes right
3: now with lilac.
2: Nice. And P Club for really, for that matter.
3: Nice. That's Awesome. Okay. So let's let's start from the beginning. The very beginning? You're a yes, perhaps we should start from the beginning. Okay. Um, that's um, a some guy got it, had a rib. <laughs> okay, let's skip,
1: skip yeah, a little did bit. one of these things with yeah. it.
3: And then there was a woman, and then there was you know self awareness. I know a great it. joke about Adam and Eve, I'll tell you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> So, all right. I'll just tell you the punchline. You don't need the whole joke. Fast forward to the eighties or the late (laughs) seventies. So, so God's like nineteen hundreds. Adam's like, well, what's that going to cost me for this nice companion? And God's like, "Uh, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, buddy. And he goes, well, what can I get for a rib?
1: Ooh, yeah,
3: that's good. Oh man, I like enjoy. So, uh, grew up in Billings, mostly, partly, partly. Yeah, moved around a bunch. Yeah, tell tell us your little. Your origin story um, at the high points.
2: Born in Mile City, eastern Montana boy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, moved around a lot. Uh, eastern side, and then to Billings. I um, was adopted by my father pretty young. So moved to Billings, moved away from Billings Custer. Ooh. Back to Billings, moved away from Billings. Back to Billings, moved away from Billings. Back to Billings. <laughs> and then I went to college.
3: And then Bighorn was in the high school
2: Bighorn phase. was in the, yeah, in the high school phase. One of those moved away came back stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I loved it there.
3: It is. It is a wonderful town. You just visited, as I recall.
2: Yes. It was slower
1: than
3: it <laughs> used to be. Yeah. Which is saying something for a yeah. town
2: of 85. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: There's still two bars.
2: And they still smoke. It's amazing. I know. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. Fuck. It's, you oh, go, in the bars? <laughs> yeah. You go oh, home for, get a shit.
3: I go home for Christmas <coughs> and... Hey, let's uh, let swing in and have a drink before we see all the rallies mm-hmm. for a minute and walk in and like, oh God, what's that? Wait, they have cigarettes here. <laughs> so you're in
2: the middle of nowhere and like, you have a child and like the child has to go to the bathroom. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this place is open on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and then like someone that has no idea what's going on. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> I was like, just go back there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hurry up. up, yeah. don't breathe. What is this? I've never smelled this before. <laughs> yeah, children.
3: So. Um, what was college?
2: Uh, University of Montana. Yeah. Okay. I got a d- degree in information systems and minor in economics. Nice. I
3: like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Programmer for the U of M for seven years.
3: Really? Hmm. Wow.
2: What were you programming? Um. Back then, it was still NET was not abandoned, so we were a .dot NET platform. Oh, okay. And uh, SQL Server stuff. Uh, what years
0: were in this? One?
2: I was in Missoula from 2000 until,
3: I think, 2009.
1: Okay.
3: Yes. Hmm. Did you run into our friend Eric Waddington there? I
2: went much? to high school with Eric Waddington. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And um, not many people from Billings go to Missoula. No. Turns That's out. Strange. Yep. So I did I did see him a couple of times. Yes. Interesting.
3: He yeah. was of the same cloth. Same programming cloth. Right, way back then
0: I think that's the same motherboard
3: oh, the word you're look more oh, the same motherboard that? ooh Brothers. same hard
0: hey hard drive
1: <laughs> from another motherboard <laughs> 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 well played yeah. no, that's not good
3: I apologize <laughs> I think it was really good <laughs> it's funny that people from Billings don't go there I don't understand it
2: yeah, it's western Montana eastern Montana thing yeah, yeah.
3: a little rivalry
2: mm
0: mm-hmm. for so seven years uh what kind of drew you away from Missoula after seven years living there?
1: Mm,
3: well. Or drove you away. Or drove if you we're away. being
2: uh, <laughs> completely honest. I, I was at a job. I, was, I would cook at night and work at the U in the day. And so I always cooked. I've cooked through high school. It's what I always wanted to do is be a chef or own a restaurant. And um, at one point, uh, I got an offer for a sous chef position. And so I quit. um retirement and paid time off and vacation and went made 10 bucks an hour at a golf course. Um, but at some point, you know, I moved up this and that and this and that. And then uh, I ended up falling in a very big hole and breaking my back at a pretty young age, 26. (laughs) So that was like, um, you know, a year plus recovery really and recovery. I mean, it's still, still it is what it is, but it got to a point, like I couldn't really cook anymore. I worked for a catering company for a little bit and it just wasn't working out and, Everything that comes along, like, you know, that's when I started to learn, like, what depression was and what that all meant, and I just needed to change. I needed to, like, get get on track with something, so we came back here. My wife's whole family lives here. We had a kid. Like, my wife was pregnant when I fell, so Mm -hmm. it was super awkward, and uh, we needed some support, so we
0: came back here to have that, like, family around. And when you moved back, did you immediately just go on to the restaurant, or you just said you were in, like, catering jobs here and there? After you obviously That was a recovered. funny story. I came back. I mean, I was really for a
2: long, like three, I was a pile of shit after that. Like I was a disaster of
0: a person. <laughs> Mentally, physically. Yeah. Was just completely broken. And now, I mean, yeah.
2: <clears throat> people that are exposed to that, you know, I've kind of like tried to champion that in my late 30s because people don't know. And when you don't realize what the fuck's going on, mm-hmm. it's super heavy. So I came back. Um. I was. I had a good resume. I felt, but I was unemployable. I applied to every restaurant in town, like every one. Hmm. Um, Texas Roadhouse. Yes. Golden Corral. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but you could keep naming them, and it would be close. Yeah, and I, I couldn't get a job, which is really depressing. Yeah, on top does, of being that depressed,
3: doesn't, that doesn't help. Doesn't help. <clears> no. Mm-hmm.
2: No. So I got a job. I ended up. I was downtown and I was headed to the brew pub mm. to try to get a job because I had a family. I needed to pay, yeah. you know? And um, I went to the bin for hamburger first. And then they were talking about needing somebody. So I got a job there for a couple of years and then I opened Lilac. That's a big, uh, <clears throat> big step. It was a plan the whole time, okay. you know? But I didn't, I've been gone for a decade. I didn't know any purveyors or people or the scene or anything. So I needed to kind of work somewhere for a little bit.
0: You also, so I've got this, um, it's called newspapers.com. So it archi- archives, um, every single, pretty much Billings Gazette going back. You have newspapers.com. Oh yeah. That seems to be like a valuable URL these days. My friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it's like an archive for uh, Billings Gazette or anything. Great Falls Tribune. They have a, you know, they scanned all the newspapers into this database and you can, you know, keyword search everything. Um, and you also did some writing for what, the Tempo magazine for uh, the Billings Gazette? Way In back. high school, In yeah. high school. Yeah. Whoa. yeah.
2: I got paid as a high schooler to write music reviews on CDs. It was great. Yeah. I remember Days of the New. No the shit. It's a second album.
3: Yeah. So Days of the Media. Fairly Slightly used. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> days of the Used. Yeah. So was wow, that one, of maybe one of your
0: aspirations to be kind of a writer uh, as uh, well?
2: I, I did look at creative writing um, for a minute. Also in high school, um, or college, I mean, yeah, I've always been a a little bit of a writer. Um, just at some point you pick a path.
1: Yeah.
3: And so if you, so you've looked at the one thing that pays less than food. (laughs) That's debatable. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
2: I was actually enrolled, uh, to be, to work on a master's in political science, um, right before we moved back. Wow. I don't know. Like I said, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. So
3: You're a multifaceted individual.
2: Mm-hmm. I just fixed a bathroom fan. I'm covered in fiberglass. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I hate that.
3: <laughs> Little tip, working in fiberglass, cheap hairspray mm-hmm. on your hands, like forms a shell and oh. the fiberglass doesn't work in. That's a great tip. There you go. I did not know that. Helpful.
0: Yeah. Another great tip is just hire someone else to do it. <laughs> <There is> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> just don't ever touch Let's it. Let's go back to that uh, money food thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Shit. Good point. Very true. Yeah.
3: George Thorogood. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We've completed the triumvirate. Mm. That's exciting. The Triforce people. Good, feel. oh, good word. Thank you. <laughs> is that a Zelda reference?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> Everything. George I have wasted Thurgood a lot. Zelda. Yeah, I've wasted a lot. Well, not wasted. You know. I have a Zelda... Um,
2: Air freshener hanging from my truck that never yeah. goes away. Oh,
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, I had the original NES one, uh, you know, with the gold case. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That hey. one. Just played the shit out of that, that one. you on should. And mm-hmm. 64 and through, uh, I think I want to stop. I stopped at maybe Majora's Mask. So no, so no switch for you. Then. No, I didn't go that far. I, I, thought, I felt video games just eating up too large of a chunk of my life anymore. And I sort of drew a line in the sand, I felt, said, I've got to step back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fair. We, makes sense. Yeah, when you're doing Madden franchises on PlayStation 2 that, you know, <laughs> go back decades, you know, <coughs> in, in franchise mode, you know, it's time to reassess what you're doing yeah. with your time, I'm thinking.
2: Or is it? Or just assess. <laughs> assess. I did Re- Reassess, assess. maybe not like, oh,
0: yep. And I wasn't even playing with the successful teams. I was playing with the Buffalo Bills, you know, <laughs> making them into a juggernaut. Just, out of spite. What's funny is that's always an option in every Madden. Oh yeah, it's always the Bills every single time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, we're talking about Zelda. <laughs> oh, I could talk about Zelda forever. Talking about writing. Mm. You got GIF socks on. That's important. Peanut butter jelly time. Oh, what's up with your air cast? Oh Jesus. <laughs> Just one of those deals. Just yeah, age. Okay. I'm sounds standing good. Standing all the time and yep. they're like, try this. Okay. All right, sounds good. So I did. Fair enough. So you uh, you opened up Lilac in 2010? Mm, no. No,
2: 2012. Okay. February will be seven years on the lease Okay. this
3: year. Wow. Yeah. Sounds, I get my years mixed up. I apologize. <sighs> no. It was no. all a blur for me. 2012 year.
0: was supposed to be the last year. You know, calendar year, according to the Mayans, we were supposed to all just... Oh, yeah, so you felt know. More It kind of was, Was is really, it? if you look at the world, I'm like,
2: oh, it's like, oh, yeah, that was uh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah it kind of was. That's the
3: end. kind of all, yeah. <laughs> <It> made sense. <laughs> I went to... Maybe they were right. Uh, they were right. I went to a ward concert in 2012. That's when my life actually began. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yolandi yeah. yeah. is just a oh, game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Literally an angel. <laughs> <laughs> You can't care to Okay, That's when my life began. <laughs> well, hey, you know,
1: <laughs> that's
3: how these things work, man. They do. I'm <laughs> aware now. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> good start. How did it go? When you oh, What's it like to open up a really awesome restaurant? In a town <laughs> like Billings, yeah, go Thank through pl-
0: detail by detail. What mm. exactly did you do? <coughs> <coughs> now,
3: I don't want to know the process, I'm not interested. No. In
0: did you have like a menu, a certain you know, you had a direction? You obviously had a certain yeah, we definitely had a wanted direction. To
2: do. one of the benefits of living in Missoula is you're really close to Portland, and so I made many, many trips there. Oh. Um, there's this thing you go and work for 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 free, which is almost like a normal job in a restaurant, but absolutely <laughs> free. It's called a stage, and so I, I got to stage a couple times at La Pigeon, which. Now, since then, has won a couple James Beard Awards, and they've opened a couple other restaurants. um, Wow. So I went there a couple times, and I was like, if I get to open a restaurant someday, this is the style I want it to be. It was, like, very – I mean, it was, like, fake simple. It looks simple, and it was incredibly detailed in every aspect. And it was a little bit – weird is not a good word, but it is. It was, you know, and food that people – some food people could relate to and, like, have a different way, which was cool to me. And some food that people wouldn't really eat that was delicious. And it's like, oh, look, you can do this too. So I really got into that. So when we opened up Lilac, that was our kind of idea. It was like, what would the be in the Midwest? And and that's what we did. And um, it one good thing about opening a restaurant for me, like a lot of people open a restaurant cause it seems fun and like a good idea, but like I had been in, I've been in food for, you know, 10 years by that point. Mm-hmm. So I knew what I was getting into at least. And getting it getting was it. exactly what, what people say it is. I mean, it's, it's amazing hours of stress and on your feet and sweat and, uh, really, really, really low margins. And it's kind of like, uh, a lot of professions you do it for, for the love. And that was and still continues to be mm-hmm. the reason we carry on. Nice, yeah.
3: Getting, getting going. What was the, what was the initial feeling you got from Billings as you mm-hmm. opened? It's interesting. So,
2: I have I've have mixed I've mixed feelings because a like I came to I did it specifically in Billings. Like we moved to Billings because I was a shit show and I need to get my family figured out, but. We didn't have to stay here. Yeah. Like, we stayed here very much on purpose. A, it's like the biggest city by a lot yeah. in Montana. It's home. It's uh-huh. my hometown. Um, this, you know, this is as close to a, a metro restaurant as we could get, I, in my opinion, in Montana. Sure. And so we stayed here. Um, and so I feel like there's this really interesting... Div- divide is not quite the right word but it's what I'm thinking of right now in Billings which, which we've been fighting for a long time because the people I mean the people like you the people that love us for now for seven like we have people that come in once twice sometimes two times a week for almost seven years running like they like what we do we're unique in what we do here um you know and when they want that they come to us and because of our i mean i i believe we're the best at what we do we have a skill set and we have been you know our second year open top 100 in america by open table with some really really good company um last year James Beard nomination like the biggest like huge things for food and we we have a hard time getting traction even with i mean we're doing literally everything we can do national recognition still slow yeah if this was another place, yeah, oh yeah, that, that
3: would not be the case. No, absolutely not.
2: So it's, <coughs> but that is, being said, the people that love us, love us. So I, I'm on the, I don't know how to. I think
0: it's I kind know. of the demographics, kind of how sprawly Billings is. To a point, but yeah.
2: in my mind, like originally, I mean, the whole goal for us when I opened, beside like I want to do my food, the way we want to do food, I wanted a James Beard Award. Mm. That's what I wanted. Nice. And then we got it or nominated, which is good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> It'd be cool to win, but, you know. But then, you know, I just told Joe, that's the that's the slowest two weeks after that that we've ever had. Like, it was our slowest two-week period after we got nominated for a national
3: award. I don't know how to explain that. Huh. Do you? <laughs> no, I do Why not. Why not? I don't understand it. Well, you know. It not make any sense. I, I do, but I'm just not saying. Okay. What's it going to take to get out of you? <laughs> it's take be, a shot of chili and doers. Chili right. <laughs> we'll do and <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm Greek. I don't know. It's like I can't imagine what it's like to have to try to figure shit out like that. It's. Bored. Uh, Bored. Bored. There we go. Gotta be judicious. Half shots at a time. I can have twice as many. That's right. Um. I. I. Don't envy your situation, but I absolutely adore your um, inspiration, I guess uh, and it's I'm really, really happy that you have created something like lilac in Billings because it's it's one of the things that separates a good town from just a town. You know what I mean um, and I think after lilac sprung up, as if it just sprung up. Oversimplification. Close. Pretty close. But um, it seems to have created a market in Billings, Uh, and given probably not as big a market as you would like, but it was the first credible restaurant that I knew of, really, in Billings. That's a a nice thing to say. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We've we've always had... Well, always. We've always had Gusics, I mean... (laughs) Dude, here's to Sylvia. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but you know, Enzo was floating out there for a long time, yeah. James, I don't know, is, James is talented, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it opened '99 or something yeah. like that. It's been out there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just I don't know. Lilac hit, and then a whole bunch of other interesting things happened around here, and it's it's I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's always seemed to me like you're the cornerstone of that kind of the food scene in Billings, if you can call it that. That's um, very kind. Yeah, and I'm really happy you're there. And I think it's you're vital. And I wish more people would support places like yours, and specifically yours, but places like yours in Billings.
2: Yeah, that's another thing with us is like <clears throat> we want everybody to make it. Mm-hmm. The people and people in food, like the industry, nobody really unless you're an asshole, like yeah. a real asshole. Yeah. Nobody, nobody pushes for failure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we want everybody to make it, you know, I, one of my really good friends a kind of a mentor, Eric Halverson, he would, he'd always say, you know, like the, the first one through the wall is always bloodied. Mm. And I, that's dramatic. I admit, but I mean, we were, I feel we were the first guys to come into town and like, we're going to do like new American food. We're gonna do modern food. Um, not crazy gastro or anything that's unrelatable cause we're in Montana, but we're going to take what you know and do it, you know, leaner and cleaner and from scratch, no matter what, and try to make the bottom line happen that way. And, um, I mean, there's been a lot of places come in since us that are successful, yeah, but not a lot of places if any, I mean a couple maybe that kind of try to do what we do mm. that are still open.
3: Yeah. And, yeah. uh,
2: that says something to me.
3: I just, I thought of a, a, a friend and I thought of a silly question to ask you, Uh-oh. just for fun. Oh, what's what's something that you've tried to make the people and people of Billings specifically a food that you've tried to make the people of Billings like that they should like but nobody bought.
2: Hmm, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I have a hard time with that one because a lot of the stuff that we put on for the purpose of this is not here right now, or this is not what you've had. We're going to make it really good for you. I mean, it's, it sells and it moves. Yeah. Which is kind of one of our, you know, at this point, one of the things we're known for, I hope. Um, you know, I just don't I don't really have a I don't really have a good answer for that. And a lot of the weird stuff, you know, that we put on that's really big like foie gras, I suppose would be a good example. One of my favorite things in the world. Uh, it's really kind of a shitty process to get it. So, yeah. I stopped I stopped using it at most 95% of the time, but sometimes when it's my birthday, I eat it anyways.
1: <laughs> <coughs>
2: and that's, um, fair. that's one thing that's never really moved a bunch. Sure. But a lot of time, I mean, we've done We've done like pig head torsion that, that just sells like crazy. We've done raw celery egg salads in the winter with barley that, that sells like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
3: that's interesting. So that's, uh, nothing really, <laughs> I, I don't know how to, yeah, kind of without being a that, dick. Like no, I don't, okay.
0: yeah. yeah, no, tr- Billings is traditionally a meat and potatoes kind of town. Yeah. You know,
3: I think it's cool that you can set stuff down in front of people that they've never heard of and they'll enjoy it. That's that. And they'll try it. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've known about going into lilac. If it's something that I don't traditionally like, I'm probably still going to like it here.
0: Stay away from shellfish, Joe.
3: <laughs> just shrimp. Okay. And I can eat. I love shrimp. It just, you know, it hurts, can't it see afterward. Is <laughs> there an allergy there? Yeah, I've got a shrimp allergy. It's I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I try to keep it quiet. Now I put it on a podcast so you and two other people do <laughs> <know. Yes. laughs> um, So what, is there anything that you have To keep cooking, oh, yeah, you wish you don't, you didn't,
2: not necessarily that I wish I don't need to keep cooking, or you're Um, sick of maybe, but you know, I mean, we honest to Christ, we've been making gnocchi for six years, Mm -hmm. and we make it every day, and it's by scratch, and it's the right way. I mean, it's a six step process, it's two or three hours every single day for that one dish. Wow, just for the dumplings, Mm -hmm. let alone the braising and all this other stuff, and it's expensive stuff in there, um, and so. The reason, I mean, it's still, it's the, it's the best yeah. and we're kind of known for that now. And it's funny and it, it falls exactly to what you were saying because it is literally, it is literally, and I've said this before on interviews, it's literally meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. It's literally beef and potato dumplings and it sells like crazy and that's great. And we do it better than anybody else, um, around here at least. And, uh, it's a ton of work, but we've been doing that for a long
3: time. And Just it's a lot of work. <laughs> tired of looking at it. <laughs> it is a winner, man. I, yeah, it's incredible. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. And hey, shit, I guess if you're famous for it, I suppose ACDC is tired of playing. Yeah, exactly. Thunderstruck. So exactly. <laughs> But that's what the people want It is <laughs> it
0: Reminds me of the Billboard joke Where he's talking about Phil Rudd playing in the studio Phil Rudd just comes in and just plays one beat And he <laughs> plays it continuously And they play all the songs over it And then they just tell <laughs> Phil Rudd to stop Like, Oh, oh did, you, did we record the album? Did that happen?
1: <laughs> oh, good
0: Do you want uh, to do something a little different? Like a boom tap,
1: boom tap tap? <laughs> or, you know, something like that
3: I love ACDC so much <laughs> And you should <laughs> I'm sorry, AJ. AJ yeah, he's not listening. He's out buying He really is out buying records right now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, not ACDC. No, he wouldn't dream of it.
0: I don't think so either. So,
3: at AJ's house this afternoon, there was basement karaoke going on. There was. Ooh. And um, I asked him if I could go into the basement and play ACDC, and he said he has an ACDC blocker on his computer. I <laughs> will not play in his house.
0: So, uh, music wise, let yeah. completely shift gears. Oh, yeah. yeah. I noticed the sub pop hat. Um, yeah. Any particular bands you followed? Throughout the years, that kind of, uh, you know, you work in the kitchen. Obviously, there's probably tunes going on.
2: Yeah, it's kind of fun. We have a pretty specific, I have a pretty specific, rule. we don't get to play music. We can play music at prep, and then it's done, because uh, okay. I like people to concentrate on service. There you go. But, um, yeah, the, the sub-pop thing, for sure, like in the early days, I mean, the, I loved, I loved, loved, loved the shins. That's when I learned the sub-pop label, was the shins, <clears throat> back when Scrubs was still a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so I can't even talk shit about JD because, because of that, I learned a whole bunch of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys and, um, band of horses was on the soap opera label for a while. Um, and then I have this really, really soft spot and I feel it's maybe from being born of Eastern Montana blood of just like country that sounds like country from 70 and prior, maybe a little, some eighties and prior. Okay. And then stuff, well, A, that's legitimately from that era. And then stuff now that kind of is trying to get back to like what country he was.
0: Right. So, kind of the red dirt stuff that they're trying to do with like Corey Stapleton, maybe. Um, sturgely. Kind of sturgely. Mm, kind sturg- of. Yeah, Sturgely for sure. Um, yeah. So, Margot Price. I don't know if you listen to her at all. No.
3: Top shelf. Top
0: shelf. you like Margot. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of that. She's got like a dolly twinge to her almost. I like that. Early
3: dolly, but a little bit dirtier.
0: Yeah. One of the good
2: things about country falling apart is that it opened up the gates for bluegrass music for people that wanted that kind of sound. And that makes mm-hmm. me happy because nice. there's a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. that I would have found if it didn't become kind of semi-mainstream
3: when country filled a shit. Yeah, for sure. I just read on Reddit. I guess it's been a couple of weeks that, uh, Country music is hip hop for people who are scared of black people. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate. And I guess it's specifically pop country, but yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's rap now for sure.
2: Yeah, there's some people trying like in the mainstream Midland got a soft spot for those guys. Yeah, all right, that's okay. Fair yeah, enough. we'll
3: allow it. Yeah. Well, and Sturgill got best country album of the year. Yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not. I mean, he got it with a. With a band that w- backed up Amy Winehouse and a Nirvana cover yeah so it's yeah, all right I'm a fan yeah mm-hmm. me too but I totally agree with the uh, bluegrass sound that I'm, I'm I'm okay with country falling apart it needed to fall apart
2: otherwise yeah I mean I was born in 1982 and mm-hmm. so uh, dear 90s music like 90s pop is I mean we oh God. I just went to Sister Hazel. Yeah? like How <laughs> was that show? It was good, bad. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, his voice is all blown out, and he can't really... Like, he talks a bunch of the songs, but he's happy to be up on stage. <laughs> and the other guy, like Andrew, he can still sing. Mm-hmm. He came out afterwards and signed whatever, and most people don't do that at the pub. That's Yeah, that's you know? impressive. I actually had their EP that was self-produced like before they got famous for all for you holy shit! and it was from 94 and um wow. I, t- I took it up him and he's like you yeah, haven't seen one of these for a while he's like we recorded that in a barn that's i was cool. like that's cool and they signed it and that that makes me happy
1: yeah
0: that's awesome that's great so did you go see third eye blind then no no you were that was that's no no <laughs> that's,
1: that was there a no. line drawn there
2: third eye blind
0: uh no gin blossoms
2: i saw them yeah big big fan all right uh goo goo dolls
1: Trying to get a if I'm
2: feeling really emotional, all right. yeah. If yeah. I've had like six scotches, I can listen to Black
3: Balloon ah, okay. I suppose. Uh, I was, I didn't like them back then. I, oh, so
0: melodic played. and wonderful. Oh, it's just great
3: melodies to be found elsewhere. There are, there, there That's are all that, it's all that open tuning, man. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: goo tuning, Goot- oh yeah,
2: is that a thing? It's, it's a thing? I've never heard that,
0: but I like it a lot. It's a goo tuning. Okay, okay. Go, I think it's past drop D. <laughs> it's just so low. You can literally just like hit three strings over and over again and write a song. You're like, oh, this sounds so amazing. It's <laughs> so
3: rich.
2: Yeah. I feel the 90s are responsible for c ad 9 I feel that really yeah. brought that chord into <laughs> yep. the I think so too.
3: <laughs> can I have an example of a song? Um,
2: every single song on the Matchbox 20 album uh, with Push on it. Every oh, wow. single one which I could play every one of. <laughs> yeah. Half of the ones off the Sister Hazel album. You know, It's just stuff that happened in the 90s. Mm. Not
3: better than Ezra, does anybody? Uh,
2: can I say fuck? Fuck yes. Yes, oh, fuck yeah. yes. Better than So it's fun. Do you know that they were in a band called Ezra?
3: No shit, really? And they
2: kicked the singer out or the guitar player out or something like that, oh, and so he, so he that made that a band. Vicious. So that's a spiteful name. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh
3: shit, because Norm Macdonald made that joke on... Weekend update. Yeah. Like the number one selling album this week is better than Ezra. The number two selling album is Ezra. <laughs> that's that the actual hilarious. thing. I bet you knew that it. dude wanted to fucking run a warm <laughs> bath and open up some veins when he heard that joke. Oh. That was gnarly. <laughs>
2: oh. Every Stone Temple or every karaoke song is Stone Temple Pilots. Really? That's your go to? Every single time. Mm, that's I my love register. that band. Oh, oh me too.
3: I really do. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Yeah, there it's. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, R. would that be like
2: alt?
0: Is that alt rock still
2: in the 90s? Or like is that just some uh, so post-alternative? Post-alt?
0: Yeah, so I feel like there was three kind of three factions. There was Nirvana, um, Alice in Chains, and then there was Stone Temple Pilots. I always felt there was kind of you were either one or the other.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was growing up as
0: a kid. And I had horrible music taste when I was coming up as a kid, and it's kind of more got refined as the older I've
3: got, kind of like wine he start to stick me on a shelf and it's very specific it's very specific now. yeah but
1: um <laughs> well this is turned <laughs> i was uh,
3: i was an Allison Chains and Stone Temple Pilots fan those, but i was in wyoming so love them love right. both those yeah no, i did we didn't one have
0: of any. the better unplugged i think in my opinion is the Allison Chains one. it's that is
2: incredibly yep. emotional for holy me holy shit that is that is a man him. dying yeah it's literally
0: he's dying in front of you and and it, just the sound it was yeah. like wow this sounds like it should sound. It's live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's high. And it's perfect.
3: it was a big old, fat Temple of the Dog fan, too. Good. Yeah. Way back.
2: Yeah. That was good stuff. It
3: was, it was early. But I remember seeing Pearl Jam on Saturday Night Live, and that was the first time I'd heard the song, or I, that's the first time I heard Pearl Jam. And it blew my... <laughs> dick off, man. I couldn't believe it.
2: I feel that if you're having a conversation about 90s music, you don't even have to say Pearl Jam no, because it's just assumed that they're yeah. awesome. Yep. But if I have to say it,
1: sign me up. They're awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just in case, <coughs> just in case gotta cover our one of those two listeners you're telling me about.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alive. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I was coming straight out of Def Leppard when I heard Alive. And it, was a, it opened up a completely different world. You know where
2: I was when I heard that album? Where? Bighorn, Wyoming. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right on, brother. Yes.
3: Yes, that's important.
2: We had a foreign exchange student from Ecuador that like played the lead guitar in the band ah. that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you need to listen to this album. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you, sir. What do you
3: think it's like to go to Bighorn, Wyoming as a foreign exchange student? I don't know how
2: that happens. I know. I don't either. And we always, there there was always
3: like three or four of them there. Yeah. There had to have been. It was weird. I mean, uh, we had, when I was in high school, uh, Denmark, Japan, Brazil. Yeah. (laughs) Christina Freese Nielsen. I'm still in contact with her. She's fantastic. She's from Denmark and she's a singer. Is that
0: Bridget Nielsen's daughter? Yes. I okay. think so. Oh, well well it's... Leslie. Leslie Nielsen.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um oh, man. But it's crazy, there was always foreign exchange students in Bighorn and they were all like, What the fuck is this place? This is the weirdest, tiniest little backwoods. I came to America from like Ecuador. And I went back 45 years. It's just the weirdest thing. More than that. Maybe yeah. it was like
0: straight across. Maybe they came from Ecuador. It's like, oh, America's made a land of plenty. And they <laughs> show up in Bighorn. It's like, I'm in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Nothing has changed. I hadn't been back
2: for, you know, a long time 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Maybe 20. A long time. Mm. I forgot how beautiful it is.
3: It's a gorgeous town. It's Absolutely. stunning the views. whole area stunning absolutely beautiful yes <laughs> and then an insane amounts of money there
2: so you don't recognize that when or i didn't recognize that no. when i was a teenager no idea and then i'm driving through in my you know family car it's mm-hmm. like oh that's a that's a pretty nice house yeah absolutely <laughs> warren Buffett do you work at the bar
3: vacations there <clears throat> it's super weird that's weird when the queen was like in her traveling around prime in the 80s when she was only, what, 115 years old back then, true. she would go to Bighorn to visit her cousin.
2: She, she has a cousin. she went
3: two or three times to Bighorn.
0: Did she bring the corgis?
3: Oh, they have them there. Oh. So
2: I've been told, I don't know if it's true, but the one place that she actually bought from was King's Hat. Or King's, King King's, King's Hat. Thank you, Billings. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, the King Rope. King Saddle. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yep, she did. She also bought a fly rod at the Ritz. Sporting Goods oh. on Maine, which is across from... The
2: Queen Flyfishes?
3: No, she took it home as a present for Prince Philip, I think. Oh. She bought it for somebody. It was a present. <clears throat> and then she did stop the Bighorn mark when she was there. No shit. Yeah, there's pictures. I'll, I'll look one up. It's pretty funny.
1: Huh.
3: Yeah, very exciting time. Uh, that literally is a very exciting time. That's I think, pretty, I think it's bad, pretty ass. baller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so she, yeah, she'd go visit her, um, wallop cousin In lived on wallop. the lower, lower part of the loop. Uh, hmm. yeah. Malcolm, Malcolm wallop is, uh, oh shit. Dad, I think is her cousin. He was a Senator in,
0: oh, in Wyoming.
3: In, yep. Okay. Better. Fair enough. Fact Check. Or not?
0: Who cares? Yeah, we can make it up. But she was there.
2: If you're wrong, you just say it's the truth, and that works now. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. Yeah,
3: yeah, Um, fine with me. Mr. Wallop was the
0: (laughs) 35th president of the United States, Um,
3: (laughs) and the 38th. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: And he's not even born in this country.
3: (laughs) Yep. They made an exception for yep. him.
0: there was this weird clause in the Constitution that just the activated after clause. a certain year.
3: <laughs>
1: <Yep. laughs> it's okay. a one one
0: time thing. Give him that. the wallop. <laughs> <laughs> that means something else.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. They do that there too. I want to know about sourcing decent food in Billings. Got to. I guess we'll go back to the food thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. To, to buy for your house? No. Well. Yes, but also, where the hell do you even find it for a restaurant? I mean, it seems like your options might be fairly limited around. This this is cool. So,
2: coming from restaurants in Missoula, where I mean, they like line up. Like, there's people with a list for you. Everything, everything you want, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's hip there. People want to make it. People want to buy it. Came to Billings, and at the time, like it was a, it was a ghost town. Like, then just didn't happen. Yeah, and so we were the first. Like, I made a bunch of phone calls. Like, we were the first restaurant in town to make a bunch of these, like, Bozeman, Gallatin Valley, um, protein providers, vegetable providers. um, Worked a lot back in the day with the Northern Plains Resource Council, um, getting some some of that connection happening. The 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 hardest part is the distribution chain because lots of people grow the food. Um, to be able to make the food. And and get it here, that's the hard part.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, ten, uh, it's, it's better, I guess, to answer your question. It's better now than it used to be. And again, I, I'm really, I'm not pretentious, but that was a lot of of what we did back then.
3: Yeah, you don't want just uh, one. So Cisco semi to show up a, a week and call it good,
2: and so, yeah, and I'm not gonna for a moment pretend like that doesn't happen. No. I mean, you can only get so many potatoes. Absolutely. And when you need more potatoes, you call the people with potatoes. Yeah. Sure. And you know,
0: it is what it is. Yeah.
3: But and, you have, but but you worked out basically personal relationships with providers in some cases.
2: Oh yeah, at, the, at first. And they're like, well, why should we come to Billings? I was like, well, because we have a restaurant that needs to buy food. And if you start coming here and people see us doing this, then you yeah. you probably don't have a shot, but you have more of a shot now than you used to.
3: Sure. Because yeah. there's one
2: person buying it Yeah, and it's a small place. And so, I mean, back in the day, you know, like the, the local, like providing local thing was with a couple exceptions, if you're listening, um, <laughs> you know the, the big like Almafia, like the big guys that had enough it, it takes two million dollars aggregate insurance to sell the Cisco sure that is a really high monthly payment for like a farmer yeah mm-hmm. and so there were a couple people that could make it with their models
0: and that was the local back then
2: yeah you know
0: and well, so that's changed now when yeah my partner going. Margie was selling uh, she's had wholesome uh, foods back two three years ago yeah um, she would come to town. Um, she would lose her ass at the farmer's market, yeah. usually. Um, but she would be able to go around to local restaurants like Commons. Uh, I believe you guys as well. Yeah, we used to sell some foods. Yeah. Um, so it, it's starting to come around. I know that the Food Hub has taken a big step forward. they picked a general manager. Um, so they're trying to find a spot where they can uh, bring local foods in from around the region and, and distribute it out to you know people like you and, and restaurants. So. That's going to come to fruition here sooner rather than later. I really Before hope it little, works. Yeah, I'm so a little gun I. shy,
2: you know, but I, I really hope that that like the community supports that. Yeah,
0: no, we're we're both of us are kind of a hundred percent behind it, and uh, I think it's wonderful. I mean, to support a local farmer, and then yeah. turn around and support a local local <laughs> business as well. I mean, you keep that money in in the, in the city, yeah, which is great. Problems always, like I said, the distribution chain, right? Yep. Like at
2: some point, and you can't blame a restaurant for it. At some point, you can't you can't pay forty percent more for a product just because it's from Montana.
0: For sure,
1: you
2: can't like mark you, it up that it much. Again, you, you, you literally can't. Yeah, you can't even mark up for for what we do. Like you can't even mark up food what it should be as it is to like kind of to be realistic in in the business world. What it costs. David Chang has again, who I reference a lot, but. He's like, you know, it, it should be it should be 24 bucks for a bowl of ramen when you factor in like breakage and, and labor and if I want to pay my people real wages and it's just n- like not realistic at all. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But then people go pay 24 bucks for chicken parm, which is 13, 12, 11% food cost. And a bowl of ramen is like, you know, six days of work. It's, yeah. just, it's just...
0: There's a disconnect there it's for a
2: hard, sure. It's a hard thing to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah. and as a, as a carpenter, I kind of... Um, I'm able to um, cohabitate with that just because... I bet. You know, just looking behind walls and know what it takes to get to that point that you're, you know, just on a surface level, you look at it, well, well that looks easy. You <laughs> know, I can do white. that. Yeah. It's like, you know, but no, you know, there's a whole bunch of institutional knowledge of people, I think, don't know or don't appreciate, especially in the food industry. Um, when we're talking about, you know, sourcing locally, and uh, supporting local people who are, who are part of your community—it just there's a disconnect there.
2: I'd like to talk about that for a minute,
0: okay? Especially in the relation to carpentry, which
2: I have a second question in a minute. But um, what you just said about the, the disconnect—I feel is especially true in. I don't really like the word fine dining, but I mean, kind of like specialized dining, mm-hmm. like lilac, George, for example. Um, you know, myself in a way is. To do what 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 that person can do, I mean that's that's ten years of practice, and if you had if you had a plumber, or an electrician, or you know a, a mechanic, that has ten years experience, mm-hmm. that costs money, yeah, because they're good at what they do. But there's this there's a stigma with cooks, and you know Bourdain brought it to light in a way, and that helps and hurts at the same time because there's a stigma that like it's like this pirate culture and you know, like
1: yeah. rebels, right. And, you know, you anarchy know? And rare. but <coughs> there's a, this, there's a skill to. set
2: there that you can't replicate at home. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. And the populace has zero value for that product because it's just food yeah. to, to not the populace, but a lot, you know, a lot of people, the critical mass that you need to keep the doors open.
0: I think it's just been so readily available over the years. Oh. You can just go down to the, the grocery store and pick up what you want and yeah. you don't have to think about it and you can, <laughs> And now it's sort of transitioned to, you know, fucking Blue Apron or those male, you know, just yeah, all man. that bullshit. If you, <coughs> I don't, under, I, I can, you know, just see straight through that. It's like, why would you want to do that? I, I can recognize when, when you make something like you do, um, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm not stingy. I see the, the the craft that you put into it. What you need to charge is what you need to charge. And I've been, you know... As a, as I told you, I'm a carpenter. I just struggle with
1: you know valuing valuing my sale. work. It's and like, it's, same, yeah. it's an
0: uncomfortable conversation that I have every time with myself. And do carpenters have Yelp? <laughs> Yelp? Um, no, they have similar? like Home Advisor and Angie's oh, okay. List and okay. that kind of shit that you have to pay for to get on there and pay a monthly subscription fee, which is a racket, in my opinion. That's but ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm gonna stick to word of mouth stuff. But, but
3: people don't have to employ a carpenter or do carpentry themselves three times a day no like food no just but not that there are no similarities there but thank god mm-hmm. right
2: no you know the, side of the coin too is like not only do we try to do something that's unique but we try to we try to do it right like i try we we pay our people you know we we strive like the business plan itself that I submitted to the banks is like, we are going to create careers for people who want careers. Like Daniel Hum discusses how there is a stigma, especially in the late nineties. And that carried over from the last 40 years of, if there if a kid went home and said they want to be a cook, like the parents start to cry, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's been a movement to change that a little bit. And we're a big part of that. And so people that are committed to us in front of house or back house or whatever, like I do everything that we can do to pay them, a real living wage. I mean, it's definitely not the, you know, it's not what you're going to make at a hotel, but it's enough. It's, I guarantee it's better than any other place in town. Yeah. You gain more experience. And you know, the, it's a really good sharing situation there. And then, you know, speaking of the pirate thing, restaurants have this reputation as do some other businesses of being kind of like shady in the financial area. And we, I mean, we strive to be like, open and transparent, like we pay our taxes, we pay our people, we do a lot of stuff for nonprofits in town and charities and all that stuff. And it all adds up to mm-hmm. money, you know, and it's like, well why is this why is a gnocchi twenty eight bucks? And it's like, well you know, you've got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta sacrifice one way or the other. And I mean we'll go out of business before we quit doing
3: stuff the right way. I like the notion of that <clears throat> integrity behind that food. And I don't know. I suppose a person would like to think that you can taste it, but it makes a big difference to know that too.
2: It's and it's the literal truth. Like we can prove it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people give lip service to the process, but like we have the fucking like we have the numbers yeah. and the people. We have like our turnover rate is two and a half years. That's crazy.
3: Unheard of in a in a restaurant. Unheard of. That's insane.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah,
2: people stay with us it's for true. not
3: a lot of money, enough to get by. But yeah. it's not like they're rich. No. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, a fair wage is good, but there are places that pay a lot that have way higher turnover than that, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to the uh, culture mm-hmm. of your restaurant and the, uh, <clears throat> just kind of the atmosphere that it is. Yeah. And I've I've made friends there. Yeah. That, that have continued since they've stopped working there, since they've moved on to the next thing. And it's a wonderful thing.
0: So my sister's in uh New York. She's in Queens. She lives in Queens, works in Midtown at the Capitol Grill. She's a small EA. That's a pretty good spot. It's a pretty good spot. But <laughs> she 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 pays um all all of her she's got a couple kids now. Um, and she's got into a place in Queens where, you know, she was her sister in law was staying there. She got married, moved off, and she was able to slide into that lease you know, and she's not crazy, you know, paying crazy amount out, but, um, I was, tr- I was going to try to angle this into like tip culture in New York proper. is it's just ridiculous. Cause she's like right underneath chase Manhattan bank. And you know, it's just people coming down with credit cards and they're, you know, tipping you, you know, hundred five $500 bills, just, you know, shoving them in your pockets as you're going out. Um, and she is basically not enslaved to that, but it's, it's a huge moneymaker for, her. um, she makes whatever she makes an hour and then she gets the tips on top of that. Um, what i I guess I'm trying to angle towards is what is your kind of opinion on, on tip culture, you know, as, as opposed to just paying, like you were talking about, like a living wage where you get to people to stay around and, you know, create that kind of culture.
2: That's a, that's a hell of a question. It is. and, it gets it gets sticky for some folks, but I mean, 30, 30 seconds left. Thirty. Oh, really? <laughs> just kidding. No. Oh, it's fine. I'll talk about for, it openly. We can go for four more. Because
0: right? uh, like, that's another thing that's really hush hush in a lot of in a lot of businesses. Yeah, because she like survives. Like in November, I mean, she you know apparently something happens in the banking industry where you know it just starts raining you know hundred dollar bills. So she knows she's gonna make. X amount of dollars and she sort of banks on that and budgets for that and knows some of the, you know, earlier months will be kinda of lean, but
2: so one of the interesting things from that is that there's a big variance between federal law and local law as far as tips are concerned. Mm-hmm. And Montana specifically is governed by uh, the ninth uh, US Supreme Court or the Ninth Court District or whatever, which happens to be part of Las Vegas. Like that's the same district. And so like mm-hmm. practices in Las Vegas are setting policy for finances in Montana. And that's brutal. So the way that it works legally, um, and there's been a couple of lawsuits over the last five years, is when you, the tips go to the customarily tipped employee and you, you can't do it. You can't touch it. Right. Okay. And um, it gets weird because a lot of people, a lot of businesses, they don't make their people claim tips. They force them to X percent tip out. They uh, hide the cash and just do credit. Mm-hmm. The IRS only, I mean, you have to do like, I think you have to claim 8% of your gross sales as as tips. And then if you do that, then they just kind of don't check anything out. Uh, and one thing that we've been able to get to finally with Lilac, and we've had it going for a few years, um, I don't enforce it. If the IRS is listening, I don't enforce it. Everybody that, everybody that works there that gets gratuity, Um, it's split evenly and we actually do it for an entire week. Uh, but if they don't want to do it, they keep the money. Mm -hmm. And so the side effect from that is, uh, I, I, you know, we don't pay our server, our front of house minimum wage and everybody else does. Our front of house gets raises like a real job because it is a real job. Yeah. Nobody else does that. And so our front of house to back house relations are really, really tight. Um, we have, we rotate a little less now cause we're, we're thin, but front of house works back or yeah. And back house works front really good. I mean, that, that plays into the culture. It plays in everybody being able to make a realistic wage. It's hard to like get people to work in jobs where you say, I need a really high skill level. I need really high like demands of what I'm going to expect from you. You're going to make 12 bucks an hour and they're going to make 35.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just not right to me, especially. And so, I mean, that's why, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the news about restaurants and food and beverage industry, and especially back at house, like staffing problems. And, and it's just, cause it's not worth the money and the stress. Cause there isn't any. Mm-hmm. And so by changing, trying to change that model and kind of skirting around like the way that it's done, but being open and not enforcing it and not getting sued, I feel has helped us. I, I hate the concept of tipping as a whole, but I also know it's unrealistic to expect the consumer to pay like what it would actually take Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. places around the country have tried. Like they've, they've, they've taken tipping out completely. This is just what it costs for dinner. It it has yet to really take hold very well in
3: very many places, which makes sense.
2: Yeah, kind of.
3: I mean, just, it
2: sucks to tell somebody like, "I won't charge you ten or fifteen dollars for
3: that burger, but I'll charge you ten, and you're
2: going to leave five. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's it makes sense because that's what everybody's kind of used to. I think it would, I, well, in England for for instance, they mm-hmm. accept tips from Americans because we're clueless. But <laughs> it's it's insulting to try to tip somebody in England, especially at a bar. Because you're saying, you're probably pretty poor. Here, have some charity money. Whereas they just build it in and they pay people a good wage to give you what you what you want. Mm-hmm. And and that was explained that way to me by a guy in a bar in England once. And so it's... Um, well, look at you, world traveler. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I want to be there next time. <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty
2: cool.
1: Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Checks out.
3: <laughs> but... Um, I, it, I, you know, I just, I try to tip well um, because I know what it's like to have a job where you have to work very late and not be around your family and friends and work hmm. your ass off and probably not get paid as much as you're worth. So I understand, but it, it would, it sounds freeing and delightful if it would be possible to just charge what it actually costs. Oh yeah, it would be freeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's nice, and it, you know, might turn over that way, but it'll take some time, I'm sure. Yeah, the big the big players are starting. It's like Denny Meyer;
2: these guys, you know, they're they're trying it for real. Yeah. And so far, the places that have stuck with it are super high end. Like it's three hundred fifty bucks. That's everything. Don't worry about tipping us. That's what it costs. Yeah. Day to day stuff is still tough.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, and absolutely. You know, I guess the problem is there's some places that serve. Absolutely terrible food. Absolutely terrible you food. Would, you would not be willing to pay what it actually costs. Hmm. We have to, to compete with those places know, on a price incredible. point. It's incredible. I read an article today about, and I won't bore you, but Applebee's is trying to appeal to stress eaters now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> They're going after the... Uh, I didn't see that article, but... It's saw the blurb, <laughs> and it's apparently working. Yeah.
0: As it said in the headline. <laughs> it
3: is. <laughs> is oh, your man. life terrible? It's, it's like
0: bottomless breads, bottomless breadsticks, and Olive Garden.
3: Oh God, uh, yeah, that's how it is, man. And but I mean, who would pay actually twenty bucks for that? You'd whatever be, you get. You
2: think about that Applebee's. though. But you think about that. That's the stigma with lilac. Is it's this one of the stigmas? Is like it's expensive. Our our hamburger is like local beef, handmade five different components. We don't buy mayonnaise. We make it every single time. All these different things. It costs you 18 bucks for a hamburger there
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the sides and all that stuff. That's kind of expensive, but you go to a large franchise named after a bird, and it's 16 bucks for a hamburger. Mm-hmm. And it's put on a conveyor belt from a from a state that's already done that takes no nothing at all. Nobody even cooks it for you. Yeah. It's just done. And it's 16 bucks. And that stigma doesn't exist there.
3: It's weird, isn't it?
2: It is frustrating. Yeah,
3: it, and it well, and it, I mean, blows my mind. Like I've sat there literally having that same thought that you just brought up. Like this is the same price as the unnamed, yeah, place out there, and you know, infinitely better. And I don't understand how that works
2: you can walk out of of lilac and get i mean not the crazy experience but you can walk out with two people at 25 bucks a head pretty comfortably oh yeah with an with a drink oh yeah you walk out of olive garden you're like 22 bucks a head Mm -hmm. you just don't realize it or value it or something i don't know i don't want to discount the people that are working out there Mm -hmm. first of all i don't want to do that no i don't want to do that either you know that right now, at least in our culture, in our in our climate here, that is the success move. That's what you do mm-hmm. to like keep your shit going. Yeah. yeah, and we see it in all the downtown abandonment of the last five years. Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> it's a difficult situation. I love sure. what
2: you said though. Yeah, because it is. I mean, the reason I again we pick downtown on purpose. That is where a city is. That's where the heart of a city is. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to be.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean to have like any sort of silver you know bullet that solves all sorts of problems with one failed swoop i don't necessarily view the west end sprawl as a problem because like i've said in the past it's paid my bills for for quite a while to, from you know the talents that i have as a carpenter yeah. it's just um i mean
2: realistically it comes to a you you go as long as you can go
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we've gone a long time and, uh, it feels like self preservation. Maybe that's the word I'm trying to At some say. point. Yeah. It doesn't feel like desperation. It just feels like self preservation. I feel there's some desperation. Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is really frustrating to get, again, like national acceptance of skill and quality and product and process and not reach the critical mass of local. Yeah. That is incredibly frustrating to mm-hmm. me my entire life every cent I've ever earned all my cars my houses my retirement that I had from the university every single thing I've ever had is in the success of that restaurant and not very many people can say like they have given literally everything that they're trying to do to make something special in the town that they're from
1: mm-hmm.
2: my money's where my mouth is and and you know, we get 20 people on a Tuesday, seven years in with theoretically proof that we're good at what we do. Mm-hmm. That's hard to deal with. Well, yeah. So step back for a minute and like not be negative. Also, right. I still love it. We're still there. We're still open. We're mm-hmm. still kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Our staff is as good as it's ever been. Um, it's, it's just, uh,
1: yeah,
3: I, I still... Love what we do and where we're at.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What's exciting to you for the future?
2: Oh, man. I get, like, a couple of days off at Christmas so I can sleep late.
3: Not right, Like, that's again. good.
2: <laughs> no, that's good. That is good. No, the future, I don't know. I think the future looks bright. I'm really happy with uh, kind of the way our industry is being scrutinized for, like, shitty employment practices, um, shitty, like... You know, male female relationships, it's things like that. Because I like yep. that because it's being brought to light and it's forcing change. Sure. And I mean, I've been an asshole in my life. Not saying I haven't for sure. Like I've done shitty things. Sometimes I fucked up too. You're here, here, brother. But um, it's nice to see that it's out there, and people say it's not okay, unless you're in politics. But no, like, whatever. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, I'm looking forward to the future of that. I'm looking forward to it not being okay anymore to have expect someone to work 80 hours in a week for $6 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me happy because right now it's really hard for restaurants to adjust to that. But if the populace doesn't support the financial changes that that requires, then everything goes out of business and yeah. we know that that's not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that, that's a good thing for me. I think I think the the overall culture is on is on the up and up the stuff like you said of blue apron and the fact that the modern distribution can make kind of good meals ready to go for five bucks from like a freezer department like that's concerning in a way Mm -hmm. um you just hope that they can never really quite get just like carpentry like you can never quite get as good as like the human specialist oh yeah
3: what do you think? What's your opinion of uh, the uh, super high-minded cooking shows like Chef's Table on Netflix? Is that good or bad? Oh, that's
2: oh man, that's a really good question. I'll tell you what I, I what I think. I think, I think it's both. Okay, I think, I think it's. I'll start with the bad. I always start meetings off with the bad stuff. The, I think it's bad because <laughs> it really. It's like uh, watching. Um, like rock stars documentary. Like Mm -hmm. it glorifies the tiny, tiny percentage of people of the realistic, tiny percentage of people that actually make it in the industry. Mm -hmm. Like they're successful. They do what they want. They ride around in trucks and flannels and go shoot shit in the jungle. Mm. That it glorifies that. And so people that are foolish like myself, you know, it's like, Oh, like they did it. They can do this. That's hard because 99.9% of us don't get to that point, let alone like the semi successful point where you can pay your bills and all this stuff. That's a little bit higher percentage, but that's a hard thing. It's good because it shows really the world. Like there is all this process and all these people that care about all these things that you probably never even think about. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, I also like that it still like glorifies the craft as a whole. Yeah. So, I watch every single episode at least once. Honestly, like, season two, episode two, Alex Atala, the first five minutes about acid and the meaning of life literally changed my life. Yeah. I watch it once a month, that first ten minutes. Like, it's literally the best philosophy I've ever seen in my life. And that's yeah. dramatic, and I mean every word of it. <laughs> that's, that's and okay. if you haven't seen it, you need to watch at least the first ten minutes of that. Okay. Because it fucking...
0: On a scale of uh, one to Great British Baking Show, what where is it at? Oh, it's it's like it's like
2: if the redcoats were baking in American cast iron, oh, with French oak. Good God! But yeah. it was really good outcome. Just wow!
0: Yeah. So, calm down. You got that. I can only get so hard.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> too much. It's too much. It's <laughs> too much. I love that. I I've enjoyed a lot of episodes of chef's table and um i i feel like it is you know for a pleb such as myself <laughs> it has expanded my horizons and it, i've i've learned about things that exist that i had no idea you know like it, it, shit, i guess i don't really have any specific examples but it it shows me that there are cooking techniques really possibly. wonderful yeah. things happening Around. Yeah. And yeah, I do I I totally get the rock star glorification. It's just that's a dangerous road. Yeah. Absolutely. You think
0: that's almost the next step and their their logical next step in their cooking career that they feel that they needed to take well, think, or that someone approached them with and yeah. said, Hey, you wanna do this? or I it's, think it's, it's like, luck. I think
2: I would not luck, it's skill. Well, but but like every it, single yeah. higher end restaurant tour is doing like trying to do that exact thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And so Chef's table says, Well, you did it and you didn't yeah, and food tells us it's probably huh. everybody did it. Gotcha. You know, another thing about that that you got to keep in mind is that is like it shows art from a food, but that is also like art as f- cinematography. Oh, Like yeah. a big part of that show is to be like how cool
0: that yeah. whole film process can be. Mm-hmm. The rousing. They just use food deserves. as the mm-hmm. yeah. as the medium as the sculpture. Sure. Yeah. yeah, as the cool side, and then you got the totally anxiety producing like Iron Chef. You know, Japan side oh, it used to be so good. It was so great. This is all subtitled and just people running around <coughs> like madmen. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember
2: like does some ingredient from Iron Chef Japan stick out in your head? Because one doesn't mind.
3: <sighs> I've never seen Iron Chef Japan.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Before Morimoto was in America. Oh, Morimoto. He yeah. signed. I got a menu.
3: <laughs> really? Yeah. He was oh. fucking wow. working in New York.
2: Specifically, Iron in my
0: Japan. head. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I want to say probably some illegal shark fan or something. you know, yeah. some, uh, but I always remember it coming. There was so theatrical. It was just like wrestling only in a cooking show. That is basically. a great example. It's like, <laughs> I've never thought of that. that yeah, perf- that's perfect. That's exactly it, what it, it is. is. Pretty much exactly what it was. I mean, stone cold was coming out and was he was cold stone. Steve <laughs> <up>. yeah, cold. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's the ingredient that you remember? Hummingbird nest. Oh shit. No oh, shit. Yeah, that's exactly, that's like, what? The-
2: <laughs> and when you've seen Iron Chef and like an ingredient makes you say like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. That- no, and I've
0: probably seen that. I was like, <coughs> I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah.
2: And so then naturally after the show is over and somebody makes 12 different kind of ice creams, you go look it up. And it's like, <laughs> oh, these are made from like sucrose vomited from hummingbirds in these long strands and they're sweet and edible and you just learned so much. Wow. You yeah. Get that from Secret
0: Ingredients. Yeah. No, they had God, they had the ringleader, the guy who announced the thing. And then they had two color commentators just in the in the pit. It was this great. It was like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the roving floor reporter as well. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. JR and you know, Jerry the King Lawler and the guy running around. It's Oh, it was wonderful. That is I'm gonna have to YouTube. Literally, that
3: is I really would.
2: smart. That is a really good <laughs> Met- metaphor? Yeah it's, I guess. A, yeah, it's just a it mashup, pretty much, really is what good. it is. Like a God bless America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a plan. Oh, yeah. You've got a trajectory that you're no, you're the, on.
2: The plan for me has always been, like, I want to do... There's, I mean, I feel like in anything... I don't like to use the word art with food, but I feel it's like this balance of art and craft. And anything that has, like, any piece of art, art in it, there's, like, some ego behind it. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we do food the way that food should be done. I really feel that way. And I will say that until the end of the earth. And so I want to do food the way that it should be on like every level I can get. I don't care if it's a sandwich shop or a burger joint or a $300 plate fixed menu. Mm -hmm. It should be that way. And so the more ways I can figure out to financially sustain models that are food that I think people should eat because it's good for them and it's the way food should be. The happier I'm going to be, and so that's like until I, whatever, yeah, die, no, that's awesome. Burn out, I don't I know, love it until <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's important. I mean, food, like you said, it's 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 so necessary at the end of the day. It's a painting that you have to
0: fucking eat, or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You got anything else out?
3: No, <clears throat> I think I'm good. <laughs> 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 I had something forming in my head, but it was going to be a little too. Did it have to deal with Iron Chef? No, no, no. Strangely, no, no. I did not. It's going to be a little bit too esoteric and high-minded, and we're at an hour thirty-seven as it is. So. Are we? Yeah. Oh my. More or less. That was. That was. Sorry. Give or take. No, that's not you. That's well, it was you. Yeah. And I've enjoyed every goddamn second. of <laughs> it. I just it. talked to no, you. And no, it's a, it's it's an absolute pleasure, and I and I will reiterate the fact that I think that. Um, Lilac plays a huge role in the culture of Billings being a city worth a shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, That's great. And, and I'm just not, I'm not just like stroking you or anything. I think it's, I think it's important um, because every town, every big town in America, you say, I'm going to go visit, I don't know, Philadelphia. Oh, you got to try their cheesesteak. There's always a food tied to every region. There's always a food. Every town worth visiting has a food scene, mm-hmm. and
0: Boston, you get a knuckle sandwich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
3: real tasty, <coughs> delightful. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, they got their beans right. I sure know. do.
2: That's for you, Ben Terrell. Right yeah, there. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. but I think it's important because uh, we have Billings has a, a unique market um, and populace that, and I think it's uh, it's good. Just for the legitimacy and the health of our city to have something like that a good solid core of art and craft and culture, and all three of which are found in a restaurant such as I like. Mm. Cheers. Cheers.